Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Let's take our declaration of understanding quickly. We'll sit down in a moment. We'll continue our teaching on prayer basics. All right. Are we ready? Yes, sir. All right. One to let's go. Now I declare. That the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats and continue. Let's read two portions of the scriptures to start today. Joshua chapter 1, and then we are going to read Psalm 1, and then we'll read Ezekiel chapter 36 or 37. God was speaking to Joshua, we'll read from verse... um, I think from verse 1, eh, but I will jump a huge chunk of that until I get to verse um, 8. I just want to get it in context. Now it came about after the death of Moses and the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, cross this Jordan, you and all these people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. He said in verse 3, Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. And he described the extent. In that in verse 5, No one will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. And I said, be strong and courageous, for you shall give these people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. Now this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. That's verse 8. I'm just stopping to read in verse 8 there. Now, we're supposed to go to another portion now, but I will take a pause that is, from continuing reading, then I would just want to emphasize something to everyone listening to this. And I think this is very, very important. Please look at verse 6 again. It said, Be strong and courageous, for you shall give these people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Your duty, verse 7, is what? Only be strong and what? No, no, read that again. Now, the instinct is for us to think he's supposed to be strong and courageous in fighting. But read the next portion of that verse, and I think it's very instructive we pay attention. What did he say in that verse 7? Be 
read again loud. Be careful. Do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Next line. Do not turn from me to the right or to the left. Now, let's just stop there. He said, now, I'm just taking a pause from the main teaching and just to emphasize something here. He said, be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. Now, before that, he said, only be strong and what? Very courageous. You know what I'm seeing here, which I want all of us to see. You have to be very strong and very courageous to keep the law. I don't know why you're getting my point. You don't seem to be following me. That is where we spend our energy, which is a mistake. Like you are the one they give this kind of instruction to. You say, be very strong in fighting the people of I. Be strong, be very strong in fighting the people of Jericho. Be very strong in fighting the battles of the Lord. That's what comes to mind. But you know what he said? Be very strong and what? Courageous in keeping in according to all the law which Moses commanded you. He said, do not turn from me to the right or to the left. That is, the situations of life will demand that you turn from the commandments of God either to the left or to the right. It takes a lot of courage to continue on the path that God commanded. I hope you're getting my point. I pray we'll get this point that God did not command. I said it some time ago. Some people misunderstood me. I said God did not command anybody to go and succeed in this life. God commanded them to go and obey him. Success is a gift. If you read Joshua well here, it's clear what God was telling Joshua. What was God telling Joshua? Spend your energy keeping my instructions. And if you go and check all the battles of Joshua, none of them was won by human strength. Should I start telling the stories? No, I shouldn't. You know the stories. How did he win when they went? Okay, let's take the story of Jericho. Was he strong and courageous in possessing the wall of Jericho? What was he strong and courageous in doing? Before you answer me, it's a very stupid thing to tell me to be walking around the city once a day. For seven days. On the seventh day, walk around it seven times. And at the end of the day, I blow horn. Now, how did they take me in the battle? The men should have been strong and courageous in hammering the walls down. That's where the courage should have gone, by natural instinct. I hope you're getting my point. That is where the courage should have gone. That's where, naturally, we put our courage in that kind of thing. But you know what it means? <laughs> For everybody to think that, sir, we can't do it this way. You make up your mind this way, we are going to do it. Why? I heard from the Lord. That's what happened to Joshua. I hope you know the commandments was not given to everybody. God didn't call a conference of uh, the leaders of um, Israel and say, let's sit down and say, what are our strategies for conquering Jericho? No, that, the Lord didn't do that. What the Lord did was to speak to Joshua alone. Joshua had to be strong and very courageous. And in case you do not know, there was a man that was not strong and he didn't have courage. He lacked courage. Aaron. Remember Aaron? Not the Aaron that lives uh, down the road. The one in the Bible. What did he do? Because of lack of strength and lack of courage. What did he do? He built a golden calf for the people because they pressured him. It takes strength and courage not to go with what the people are saying. As a preacher, ah, trust me. (laughs) It's so funny that, you know, just to be preaching something, 
that's not popular. My God in heaven. It takes courage. One day one man said, one brother, in their church, I think it was in Port Harcourt or where one of that, that exists, somewhere between where about Port Harcourt. The pastor was organizing a program. He said, I will need to bring a guest minister. So they were thinking, who should they bring? So that brother now said, that, maybe we should invite Pastor Banke. That one said, which Pastor Banke? He said, that one causing problems in Enugu. <laughs> yeah. That was what he said. Yeah, you know, I, I was happy to hear stuff like that because he said, ah, Abba, people should dislike you now. Abba, how can people just like you anyhow? You should be disliked. And I've heard, you no, know, <laughs> one day one man went to another man and said, come, let's go and see Banke. It's causing problems. Yeah, seriously. That didn't they talk to me. That one looked at him like, Are you alright? I should go and tell Pastor Banky what? Because that one is my friend. He said, Is your friend? Let's go and talk to him. And if you hear the things I'm preaching, all I all I preach is men should marry three wives, so that's all I have preached to. And when people go out, they should be fighting the market. Is that not all I've preached? Why are you people laughing? Now what is funny now? Why are you laughing? All I have preached is that everybody should join maybe APC or PDP. Or Labour Party. Is that preach more than that? Why well, all of you? Uh, nobody's answering me. Of course, you know I didn't preach anything like that. The things that you've heard me preach here is all I preached. That's all. I didn't say anything more. There's nothing, of course, everything I've said, essentially, almost everything you can get to our website. By the time you finish listening to 500 messages, you've heard everything. If I do have to do 500, just do 200. You've heard everything. The rest is repetition. Now, so life be it. There's nothing, there's nothing, there's no pretending. It's the same thing. Well, that, look, look. <laughs> Your daddy, somebody said I should set the exam. I set the exam, give the guy to go. He, he, he laughed. He said, Oh, God, this was what you said two years ago. I said, I didn't check. Oh. I, I said it from my head. Oh. That's just the way it is. It's called anointing. Just by the way, those of you who are in school and get past questions. And You see, they can't set too many questions. You want to do work or do jam, collect the password for the last 10 years. Make sure you know it. I'm not saying go and crab me too. Answer it anyway you don't know. Know why you don't know it. And go and check the correct answer and why it is the correct answer. If you do that again and again until you can answer those ones, not because you've crammed the questions, the answers, but because you now know it, do it for 10 years. You can't fail that exam. For you to fail, go as a decree. This one must fail by force. Even the devil can't make you fail. Because it's just a limit. This one happened recently. The guy said, me, I said him question. He laughed. He didn't tell me anything, no. He had finished printing the question, which you now told me that this was what you said just is it two or three years ago. I said, now so you be. You know, once it's from this, where you want to manufacture problems. So that just by the way. So it is like that also with preaching. Don't go and be, put yourself under pressure for a preacher. I have to preach something new. That's how you start telling lies. That's how people say, I've seen them tell lies before. Before my time, we gather people every year. He has to say something different. So one day I went there, he was saying something. <laughs> he was just telling lies. I just, his, his, his church members were my friends. We were there together. One of them wanted to tap me and say, Banky, what? I said, hey, wait, 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 wait. Let's leave here. We're in your church now. When we get home? Get like, what did I say? I said, he started telling lies. He was under pressure to say something new. Every year, pastor has to come with a new revelation. What's the revelation for this year? Listen, there's no need for new revelation for any year. I hope you're getting my point. Uh-huh. The Lord is good. So, that, and I, I said something else. Back to the meeting I was saying. So what I was saying is that if you want to hear everything I said, just go there. By the time you select randomly 200 of the messages there, there by 1,600, going to 1,700 there. As of today, today this is the end of um, June 2023. Okay, I don't know why you're listening to this. All right, is there all there? Yeah, do you know I have problems with people? People, and of course the people I have problems with are just two groups. One, preachers. 90% of the problems I have is with preachers. 
and 10% is with those who have been following a particular path in their life and they don't want to change it. And why? Because they don't want to accept that everything they have been doing has been a waste of time. Pastors, their own problem is say this man is spoiling, he's spoiling things. He's spoiling the source of income. He's spoiling business. Yeah, that's it. Now, I don't think it's easy sometimes. Now, it's easy. It's easy for me now. Before, I had to be courageous to preach. People have tried to corner me before. I went to a church to go and preach one day. This happened two, two stories now. The man crawled over to me. He said that I should tell him to plant a seed. I said, you are the pastor. Go and tell them yourself. I told him straight, you are the pastor. I want to seed my life. Forget that thing. And that church I went to pre- preach. <laughs> the, the host, it was a man that invited me, the men's fellowship. They now said that the, the pastor should go and do the fundraising. He said, no, they should give me the microphone. That the man that has been blessing them for the last two days or three days is the one that can raise the money. Those ones looked at themselves and said, I lie. Yeah. They looked at themselves and said, it's not possible. They just took their microphone and went away. They, I was overhearing them. And I was sitting on the high table, you know, the, the, the pastoral side. So I, I was having the conversation. I'm sure the pastor wanted me to hear. But the men didn't even come near. They just looked at each other and left. And didn't come back. One day I was supposed to preach somewhere. Somebody came and gave me a message. I was telling my son the other day about it. He said, please, so. I was told to inform you that this is your message is so to tell people to use their this thing to bring money to church. I asked the man who told me. I said, can I ask you a question? He said, go ahead. I said, are you mad? No, no, I'm not joking. No. That was the question. I said, can I ask you a question? He said, go ahead, sir. I said, are you crazy? He said, what? I said, I, wanted to know what, I want to know whether your head is correct. I'm not exaggerating. That's exactly what I told him. Actually, I said worse than that. I'm just having to speak good English because I'm preaching now. Because what I said was, he decreased for head. He said, uh, he said, I said, my friend, get out from here before I open my eyes. <laughs> Seriously. It's, it takes courage. That's what I'm saying. To continue preaching the truth, it takes courage. One day my friend, Pastor Craig, was invited somewhere to come and preach. That one, he said he's doing a major program. Somewhere up north, of course. They're going to gather all these townspeople, the people, the town unions all over the city. And I look, who is it that has fire in his bones? It was my friend. So you know what he did? Before the meeting started, he gave the man honorarium for coming. You know what they call honorarium? When you invite preachers, you usually tell them thank you with money, just to say thank you, God bless you. And that's why preach, where preachers get a lot of their income from. That's why, one way God blesses them. So he gave him money. So my friends, it was time to preach. I won't preach his heart out for God. And as he, the more he preached, the sadder the host pastor was getting. So he just looked away from his side. He said, it's not me that God will enjoy along with you. <laughs> what he expected was that, he said, I've gathered them. He told him, I've gathered them. That is now you would tell them to plant a seed for three generations. That's what they do. You tell them to secure the destiny of their children. And to protect their business against all the Sabians and all the natural disasters and the fire from heaven that came against Job. You will block it. You will tie the hands of God so that God... Ah. My friend did nothing like that. All he did was preach, he preached repentance and the kingdom of God. <laughs> the more he preached it, the angrier the host got. By the time he finished preaching, this is where I'm going with the whole story. Of course, you could see the eye that the man's face was. So, offering time, you know what he did? That man, that man gave him. He put it in the offering basket. Sure, that's what is vexing you, Abby. 
take your money. I look like somebody. Now, to keep on the truth, it takes what? Courage. Human beings will put you under pressure. Circumstances of life will put you under pressure. Yes. Circumstances will put you under pressure. Let's leave loved ones and friends and, you know, let's leave those ones first. I'm talking about now circumstances. Look, listen. Let's back to preachers, right? I've talked about people who invite you and put you under pressure. People who want to use you to do stuff, put you under a lot of pressure. But sometimes, pastor comes under pressure because he comes to church and he's broke. This is the only job he does. He built this church from the last 10 years. He's been preaching and sweating and praying and preaching and doing programs, evangelism. Many people came to that church when they were students. Some were not students, so they were just struggling. God has prospered over the years. Pastor now came to church. The children didn't eat that money. You now need to come and dedicate a car. And you think he, <laughs> he's looking at you. And you that say you come and dedicate a car. You know there are people like that. Let's be honest. They just look like wicked souls. When they have problems, they call the pastor. Prayer, pastor come and pray. Testimony, ah, pastor, God has been so good. So finally we finished that business. Ah, God was so good. Thank you, sir. He gives you a bottle of wine. As you're supposed to feed your children, grape juice. You are going to school, children, everybody, one cup of grape juice. The guy that you've been praying. <laughs> okay, but he has a friend like that. He finished giving him all kinds of testimonies. Now called the community to come and do one major ceremony for him. You know what he gave the community? Crate of malt. That he should share with his friends. He and the co-ministers. You just came to give me testimony of how God has been pouring money in your, on your laps. You don't know what ministers are seeing. They'll just be looking at you like this. They'll be looking at you. Say, come and pray. Come and pray, pastor. This man wants to take my 50 million naira. Pray. See what happened. He said, let's join her. Father, in the name of you, we pray. Pastor is not praying. He's praying. Yeah, the one that didn't pray. He's angry. Say, you have 50 million naira. You have 50 million naira. My children have not eaten properly for two weeks. And you remember this church? <laughs> That's why Paul said, I have converted nobody's goods. You couldn't tempt me. You heard the story of one man of God. He had a new car. He said, you do get a car. I said, one of his church members, he, I not come prophecy. I not come prophecy. I used prophecy to collect the car from him. What happened? He said, ah, the guy was poor, strong. He came to this church. We were preaching the word and praying for him. Preaching the word. No, do, no, do, no. He began to prosper. After some time, first car, second, second car, third car. Every time he buys the car, I must dedicate. We were car, pastor didn't have anything. I pastor used, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for you. I am a prophet with address. I am not a Sunday school teacher. They lost. <laughs> Sometimes, some people are, who are helping preachers that they like money too much. I said, be careful. Though. If you're not a preacher, just shut up. You know why? When God wants to share the judgment, eh, you'll be amazed how you share it. Some of those preachers eh, say, you, how many sins now commit? The preachers, Father, not 10. What this we say is not 10, it's 15. It's okay, it's 15. So give them punishment for five. Bring the other church guys. Give them, make them share 10. I'm telling you the truth. So many pastors, they can't take it anymore. Hunger, pressure, they'll come to church. Mm, they'll begin to prophesy for you. You know what? The prophecy... You see the way you do your hand like this. Now you're watching the look. 
Don't look the watch. Ah, this guy's watch. One thousand dollars. The Lord said the timing of your life is tied to what to do with the timepiece in your hand. Hmm, hallelujah. <laughs> if you <laughs> somebody somebody right now should say, No, Father, I is I'm telling you. Some of them are not being he's just look, if you give him that watch, now sell him one seller. He won't chop. The guy is hungry. Seriously. Is it not true what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, this is where I'm going with all of this talk. He now twists his message. I've seen, in fact, I have somebody in mind right now. Once he twisted the message, oh, the money began to flow. So he couldn't stop. See, pastors have taught themselves. Say this one you are preaching. It's because you never see money. That when you see money, you start preaching, you stop preaching this heaven you are preaching. The heaven is here on earth. And the one that's telling you, if you see the car he's driving, you know he has seen the heaven on earth. So you are still preaching Christ. Christ knows they bring, I'm, I, they say it openly, right? amongst themselves. So people will stop preaching Christ and start preaching what brings results. They will not start telling you nonsense things like results terminate insults. If you have a voice, you've got to gather an invoice. There's a difference between free and freely. Freely you have received, freely you give. You didn't say free you receive, free you give. I was a man preached this in my presence. So before he gives you anything prophetic, you must bring something. What do you have in your house? Because there's a difference between free and freely. You have to give so it can flow freely. If you don't bring something, there's an obstruction to the flow. You can be laughing at that joint. If you preach this for one week, you buy a new car. I don't see the axe only shake. <laughs> so they visit you do all the time. <laughs> and you preach like this, eh? One man go up with your preach, give word of knowledge. One of the reasons why I enjoyed that professor is that there's nothing they did eh? that I didn't see before. Yeah. We've seen it before. You've heard me say it before. You know, I used to tell you here. You heard me say that if you see any preacher that they are whining and whining and hailing like that, my father prophesied, go deeper. You are a prophet with address, not a Sunday school teacher. <laughs> I, 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 I've told you before, that anytime you see it, they are operating by familiar spirits. Those were just depicted in that movie. A guy showed up, just like it's in that movie. I heard the story. It was when he was looking for deliverance. He's a person he went to for deliverance. Who's my friend in this city that told me the story? One meeting in Abuja, I came with three cars. But his own MK, me wanted to drive him mental. I'm not joking. Our spirit was following him everywhere, whispering to him left, right, and center. Almost drove him mental. That's when he came to look for deliverance. He don't build duplexes with false prophecies. It's a common thing. Why am I saying the whole thing? Look, yes. It is courage. So go to church, finish dedicating cars, stop a keke to carry you home. And like Paul, you say, I have coveted nobody's goods. It's courage. That's what I'm saying. It takes courage to look at, look, <laughs> you start ministry. People, hey, God. People will come to tell you. I have friends who told me that. Now they came to them and said, come. You've come to this city to start a church. Come, let's show you how they do it. You want to show me how to do what? So they say, wait, these things, are, these, these things are done. It's not this one you are doing. What is the things you are doing? Going to church. Praying 
and doing crusade and doing program and pressuring flyers. They said, you won't grow like this. So. Yeah. They came to my friend and told him when he went to start the church in one of these cities in the east here. People told him, let me not bore you with funny stories. But you will not listen to them. You will continue preaching. And you know what? The church will not grow. I'm telling you. It takes courage to say, well, let me go and examine whether God called me, whether I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, whether I'm doing it diligently. Let me go and examine all those things. It's very important. And once I've done that, to stick what I'm doing, that is what you need courage for. That was what God was saying to Joshua. He said, be strong and what? Courageous. Be strong and what? Courageous. Be strong and what? Courageous. It is courage. The strength, the courage here is to stay in the path of the will of God. The strength and courage is to stay obeying the word of God. He says, only be strong and courageous and be careful to do according. That's the point I'm making. Why did they fail? That I, they did not do according to what Moses commanded. I hope you're getting my point. One man went, broke the rules. They were so confident in I. Did they win? Answer me now. Did they win? The people have, I killed a few dozens of them. They were shocked. They were used to winning battles flawlessly. They thought they were strong. So they were strong. That is in themselves. They were courageous. But that didn't win them the battle. Why? The law had been broken. The law had been broken. The first time God told Moses to execute somebody, it wasn't funny. Why? For breaking the law of Sabbath. It was hard, but he had to do what the law said. The law told him, this is, what, this is a punishment for that individual. You know what it meant? Everybody came to beg him. They would go and talk to Aaron to talk to him. They would talk to Miriam to talk to him. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, they would do that. At the end of the day, the man still had to do what the law said. Do you get my point? It's like a government signed a death warrant for somebody. God is looking at Moses. You will do what I said, not what they are saying. It takes courage for a king to depose his own mother. I said, no, you will no longer be queen mother. Yeah, Go and stay in Don't come out from that place. It's your mother. It takes courage to say to people, no, 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 no. I will disagree with all of you, but I will do what the Lord is saying. What does that take? Courage. See, young men and women, let me, just, let me just drop this one. Don't let anybody pressure you into marrying anybody. The higher the pressure, listen to me carefully, I want to give you a mathematical code. Yes. Spiritual mathematics is not the one you learned in physics. The higher the pressure, the more your resistance must be. Do you know what I said? Write that mathematical code into your soul now. The higher the, the pressure, the higher your resistance must be. Even if, you are, the, 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 even if they are right, I know what you do. Let them give up first. Let nobody come and pressure to marry anybody. Anybody who's a mother. There's one, one joke I've seen a lot of times. A number of women have told me that. That a man's mother likes them, so that's why they want to marry the man. I say, are you all right? Who doesn't like good girls? I don't know whether you're getting my point. When it is a guy's mother that is liking you, there's a problem. In fact, I'm just having a number of them, but I have like three in my mind now. One sister came one day and said, the 
the guy's mother really likes her. And is always uh, you know, talking to her, being nice to her. I looked at her and said, when you have a crazy son like that, you too will be looking for a good wife. <laughs> it's true now. The guy was not a normal human being. A man you, you have not married is smoking wee wee. Hey, listen, listen. Let me just say the truth. Eh? Nobody smoking wee wee before you marry. You will end up on Mpurumiri. Then finally, graduate. <laughs> I know what I'm telling you. Graduate. That's where they go. They go. If any man comes to greet you, he stops outside quickly. He comes licking Tom Tom. Then if I see you here again, <laughs> any man comes to greet you licking Tom Tom. Don't you? Why you be licking Tom Tom? What are you? What are you masking? Young woman, let me just tell you. Don't marry any man on earth that you don't have five, six strong Christians who are not his relatives recommending. Nonsense. People are always looking for a good person for their person. Remember, their person is a bad person. I'm Robert, my man, not define a shekel for the boy. Not church. Remember, there are loose girls on the street. The, the arm robber's mother will not look for a loose girl for his, for his arm robber's son. Not be using pressure. And don't collect gifts from anybody. They give you phone. Say, I want to use phone. I'm a spiritual person. <laughs> I communicate in the spirit. I hope you're getting my point. I know what I'm telling you. The gooder you are, the more the pressure. Not every open door is a good door. Some of them are tra- All traps are open. Have you ever seen closed trap? Any closed trap, not the cash person. Not the cash bed, not the cash anything. The trap must open. And traps, they get food inside. Called bait, thank you. You go sniff out. <laughs> Have you seen rats sniffing? Begin to head in that direction. The life is over. I hope you are getting my point. I'm talking about the fact that you need courage to obey God. You see, life, success is not something you aspire for. Success comes from doing the will of the Father. I hope you are getting my point. He said, you will make, he said, if you are careful to observe to do all that is written therein, then what will happen? Your way will be prosperous and you will have success. What are you supposed to aspire for? To do all that is written therein. That's why you spend your courage. See, please, I can't leave this matter. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to the message. I need to explain this. Energy has been given to you for certain things. You can also use your energy to rationalize the doing of evil. Some people will sit down and try to see what is wrong with Nigeria. Just to justify the bad thing they want to do. Nobody miss what this country care. And they steal government money. They sell fake goods. They do everything to do. They make money. And they see them sweating to justify it. And they'll be giving God a portion. You give God something out of it. After they've gone to steal a million. They, they, they pay tight, 100,000 in church. See, a lot of people are saying you must tie, that's not pastors now, but church people. A lot of them, that's how they've been paying their conscience off. So when they say that, that's not what God is saying, they're like, ah, you want me to die? <laughs> this is my sacrifice. All the urukuruku. They come, give church 100,000. Then go to pastor, give him 100,000. So the pastor will intensify the prayer. I said, all this energy you are using to keep safe. Just use it to believe, to obey God. Now, that's where I was going. This energy, use it to obey. All the one you are using to call everybody and justify the, the noise you are making in your house. You know, it takes more energy to make noise than to keep quiet. You have told everybody, hey, this is a problem with your husband. Just use that same energy to read your Bible. And ask yourself, what does it mean to be submissive? 
I, don't, I hope you get my point. All the energy you are using. People misuse their energy. I tell you, Christians, eh, let me tell you something. The word of God is alive. What did I say? Am I the one that said it? Where is it? It is written, sir. Not only is it alive, the word of God is active. What did I say? Am I the one that said it? Where did you say it? It's written. The word of God is alive and active. You know what it means? I told us the other day, it is what? I tell you the expression. You know, we're talking about AI. What do you call it? DI. Divine intelligence. What is artificial intelligence? You just tell AI, chat GPT. Tell him, please, um, how do I... AI has been shown to invest money and made a profit. They give, yeah, yeah, no, not a key joke. They gave AI $1,000. He traded with it for some time and brought a good profit. Then he have to use, I mean, he used his artificial brain. He made the decision on when to buy stock and when to sell based on the things that have been packed for it. And he made good profit. We're talking about divine intelligence. The Bible says the word of God is what? Alive and active. That is, the word of God thinks, the plot for you that this young woman is supposed to get married at this particular point in time. I have this number of children. Okay, the word of God will go out, arrange everything. And why would the world do that? Because she gave attention to the word. People relegate the word to when they have nothing else to do. You know the Bible study? Ah, we had a family program. You know the Bible study? Ah, somebody was told me, I, I wash my clothes on Saturdays. You know when you tell me things like that? You know, there are different kinds of people that God called to ministry. There are those who are trying to grow church. I have never, see, all my life, I've never asked God, please, let kingdom will be big in what? No. Counting people? No. There's a day my wife had to even tell me to stop saying that so that maybe kingdom will actually grow. That is my mouth that's keeping people away. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Because I said, no, 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 no. Everybody has an assignment. You know my assignment? Now, I'll tell you this as a matter of fact. And I'm not lying to you. God is my witness. Why would I lie to you? I'm not lying to you. I would rather write a book hmm, and preach 50 messages, make them available. They have a thousand people gather in a place I call my church. Okay, let's, it's common sense. Let me tell you why it's common sense. After you die, you go away. A thousand people will find another pastor, right? But the book I've written, a hundred years later, people are still studying it. So it depends on what God, you think God sent you to go and do. I'm not saying gathering a thousand people is bad. I didn't say gathering a thousand people is bad. Did I say that? I'm just saying that I've, I have found out. For me, there's what God sent me to go and do, as far as I'm concerned. So the most important thing I've ever had is a recorder. I've recorded with all kinds of things. There is almost no message. Okay, there are about two. Since the year 2003, I think only two. Let me just say three, just in case there's one I can't remember. All right? I think there's only, there are only two messages that I preached from this platform. This is the year 2023, in 20 years most of which I'm preaching twice a week. There are only about two you can't find recorded available for you. I've always had recorders, all kinds. You come to my house, you find recorders that are not working. The recorders I bought from America, I realized that they were meant for reporters. They were not meant to do poor quality listing. It's useless. I paid good money for it. I was trying to get a cheap one, or $60. Ah, this one go good. By the time it came, I found a recorder very low resolution. 
recorded with all kinds of things. Recorded with laptop, recorded with desktop, recorded with family. We have these IC recorders. I'm sure we'll see. Look. You know why? Because the main thing I wanted to do was just produce what God has placed in my spirit. And have it out there. I hope you're getting my point. It's very important what I'm saying. Okay? So, you see, God didn't send anybody to go and... No. He sent you to go and obey. Once your, your obedience is being fine-tuned, the world knows what to produce. Unfortunately, many people want to strategize. Like ministry as an example. There are strategies for ministry. No, now, ministry should be strategies for delivery of the assignment. Not for grown-up. You see pastors buying followership on Twitter. Excuse me? Why do I want robots and fake people to follow me? I've had, I've had all kinds of advice on how to, because you know, sometimes people say, some of the centers me the other day, I saw the mail that we show our videos on YouTube are too long, but that we can cut them shorter. I feel like saying that, okay? So when we cut them shorter, has it increased the message? Has it improved the message? So maybe more people be encouraged. Am I begging them? How many home videos did they cut short? You don't see a movie? My messages are not longer than these movies that people go and watch, and you pay money. If you want to listen to it, listen. This is even a video with somebody who is actually going to call it to visit. And Pastor, I saw the mail. I said, bro, in case you are hearing this, bro, I'm not doing this. In fact, I don't understand the logic behind that counsel. I'm looking for disciples who love the Lord. Why am I saying all these things? I think many times Christians labor in the wrong place. Pastors will labor to network. Yeah. Hey, let's leave pastors for a moment. Business people do that also. I need to come down home. You know, you spend, we spend a lot of energy reading business books and reading how to network our business, how to grow out. Listen, let me just give you a small challenge. You've been in business for the last five years. For four years, you have been networking, you have been advertising, you have been doing this, you have been doing that. I said, okay. I don't know how well it has worked, so this is a challenge. Take one year and do none of the above. Don't give a dime to Twitter. Don't give a dime to Facebook or Instagram. Don't give a dime to anybody. Don't buy a billboard. I'm not saying they are wrong. I'm just saying we are doing an experiment. Don't do any. Just thought, I'm not saying go and study scriptures on how to prosper. No. Just study the word of God. I can give you a prescription. Books you read. We walk by faith. How to walk for God. Guided by the Spirit. My Dad's Touch by Kennedy Hagen. Transfine Church by Kennedy Hagen. Um, um, Faith to Live by Derek Prince. I can just mention a number of books. I keep continuing like that, you know. Recognizing God's Voice. Uh, Graham Fitzpatrick. How to know God, Follow God's Voice. Um, Zach Pune. You know, there are different books. I can keep on just giving a number of them. Oh, don't forget John G. Lake Simmons. All right? A, a compilation of um, the, on the, on the one on Dominion, Disease, and Death. By, oh, just go and gather like 200, okay, just 100 John Jalik Just the studying them one after the other. Oh, let me recommend my book again. That's not online, but it's here. The sermons are all online anyway, so it doesn't matter. Different sermons we have on the website, but compiled into two books here, Living by Divine Wisdom and Habit of Faith and other sermons. Two books like that. Just every week. Hmm? Take one. And make sure that week you finish it up. And I don't mean read like, hey, so that I can take longer than I finish it. No. Like I tell my children, study it. Jot down, have a summary, and look at like a textbook. 
And that's not to talk about this, the verses of the scripture you are going to read, which you know is paramount. You read the Bible. Of course, if you are with us in Enugu here, don't miss Bible studies. What are you, where are you going? In a whole week, I won't see. People tell me that I'm at home. I had to travel. A whole week, I don't see you one time. I don't care how busy you are. We're here three times a week, sharing the word. You are so busy, we can't see you one time in this city. That you're busy is not good. That you're busy is not good. It's not good. Something's wrong with that busy. That is busy under Satan's yoke. Seriously. The USY. What are you doing? Are you the only one doing business? Even if Dan Gotti is in the name of Allergy. Come to Jojo. What is it? Life must have what they call priestly corners. Things that are just sacred. Just say to somebody, no, I'm going to church. Now, please do statistics. Do what I've said for one year. Don't pray especially for that business. Just do what I have said. And compare with the previous five years you've been running this year. Is it seven? How many years did I say before? Five years, right? Yeah, compare this one year with the previous five years and see the difference. The problem is that the church, the children of God, they don't do their own juju enough. You know these guys that go to shrine and cult to do their things? You know, they're never too busy for the busy care. Busy care. Yeah. If they say that there's one goat a week, the guy will start a farm of goats. He must have something to sacrifice. Every morning, he will come out do the incantation. Rub the thing, say something, pour something, and rub it on his head. Every morning. He won't forget. You know those who forget? <laughs> Christians. They are the ones that forget. That's why Jesus said that. <laughs> the sons of this age, eh? The sons of this age, they are wiser in their own things than the children of light. If you see people where they go shrine, if they go. What am I going to say? The word that is alive, eh? it takes courage. You know what they say, courage? To quench your phone that I'm sorry, I've gone to church. After those of you who come Bible study, if you leave off your phone on, say they you're expecting a business call. You're not begging for God to bless you. Tell somebody, hey, hey, say, say ah, okay, the, the partner said they were right by five. I say five, I don't go to church. Why? I have prayer, I have prayer meeting. No, no, I say no. After, tell them to wait. We normally finish around 7, 7.30. They just the meeting for 8. They say they can't wait and let them go now. Another time, they should come back. I'm going to church. There are little things God tosses across your way, eh? Just to test you. God said, he made you hungry. Then he fed you with manna that he did not know why. He wanted to test you to see what's in your heart. Sometimes God does that. The greatest investor that's about to bring money for your business will ask for something that you can't give if you are to obey God. It's a test. And listen, let me quickly say something. People are waiting for testimonies that I pass the test and next day, the door open. Uh, 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 uh. Many times that his 200 million naira will go away and you won't see it again. And you continue your business with a turnover of 500k in a month. I didn't say profit though. 500k. Someone will tell you that you missed an opportunity. I've told you so many times. Why am I still repeating it? The opportunity comes but once. It's not a gospel of the man that is blessed. It's not now. The opportunity that's your own 
If he comes, knocks on your door, you are not there. You sit down there and wait. If your husband won't go to the toilet, he will go, come back. He will knock again. He will ask for your address. Why? He's alive and active. It's not a game of chance. It's not anybody that I've, I see, I, I pour blessing on. You think, oh, just a flow. You say, ah, we just get it. They say, ah, no, 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 no. Samuel is not at home. Well, eh, sorry. You say, David is not at home. Oh, sorry, David is not at home. Abinadab is here. Let's just anoint Abinadab. Say, no, do you like Abinadab? No, let's just try Shemai. It might be okay. Shemai is okay. But the guy I like most, Eliab. David is not here. We got, we got to anoint somebody, man. We just got to anoint somebody. Let's anoint somebody. Was that what happened? No. Was that what happened? No. What happened? Somewhere said, nobody's going anywhere. We're not doing anything. We're not progressing. We're not making any further plans until the boy is here. Get the boy here for me. Everybody waited. Eliab could not go anywhere again. Jesse said, now, wow. Do you know? If, <laughs> as me, they got there. David has pursued all life. <laughs> they will pursue David. Say, is it David? Come, come, come. Say, no, he took my lamb. <laughs> they will wait for David to finish with the lion. Collect his lamb. Say, that is looking for you. And someone will wait. That is how your blessing is. That one you missed. It's not because you're not at home. It's because it's not your own. That's the truth. The one you missed is not because you're not at home. It's because it's not your own. So don't let anybody come and say, you see, you have to be ready. I've, <laughs> I've heard all kinds of preaching. That's not Bible. You have to be ready. You have to be at the right place. That's what success is about. Being at the right place at the right time. Oh, I must be ready to seize the opportunity when it will come. Because you come like a flash and you must have the gun ready. Ready to aim. Ready to shoot. That's all motivational talk. No truth in it. The simple laws of quantum mechanics tells us we can't know the right place at the same time as know the right time. People don't count quantum physics. When they were teaching physics, you were dodgy. You didn't know to come to meet you in church. <laughs> they say you cannot accurately determine the position and the velocity of a subatomic particle at the same time. You have to choose one or the other. Either the velocity or the position. It's, called, it's quantum. Go and learn quantum, quantum something. Tell me. Why are you, why are you healing me? <laughs> Do I look like I want to prophesy? <laughs> why did I say that? Just to let you know, nobody should deceive you. You cannot know the right place ahead of the right time. I hope you hear my point. The knowledge does not exist for you to know when to be at the right place at the right time. No. Just be living your life. You think Mary went and said, Mary, Mary, come, wait here. An angel is coming. No. Mary was going out. Somebody said, Hail Mary. Uh huh. Maria, is that you? Uh-huh. It's me. Any problem? Full of grace. Which grace? The Lord is with you. Excuse me. What's going on here? Do I know you? There was no discussion ahead of time. Who are you? Ah, I'm an angel. God said I should talk to you. You are going to have a son. Excuse me, there's one Mary that just married down the road. I guess you missed the address. I, I know it's Mary you said, but this one ain't married. See this one? Just open that door. They married last week. In fact, she's right for having a son. They just married like three weeks ago. Gabriel said, no, it's you I'm talking to. I'm going to have a son. Are you aware of what they are saying? 
said, don't worry. The spirit of God will overshadow you. And that will be, that which will be born of you will be called the son of God. You remember your auntie or cousin Elizabeth? Yeah, she's six months pregnant. Ah! Mama Elizabeth is six months pregnant. What am I going to say? There was no discussion. Say, look, six keys to meeting an angel at the right time. <laughs> you read all those books. You have seen that all of them are full of confusion. Seven keys for effective connection. I've heard stupid things like, you can't be going by road if you want to meet the important people. You got to be taking a flight. You have to roll where the rich roll. Then that's somebody who is still owing Autostar and ATM. Going to buy AP's tickets. I've seen people like that before. They've not paid their staff. They are flying up and down. The small people that are working for you for small money. Pay them. You use their money to buy flight tickets. Why? Because you say that it's at the airport. You meet the people that will help you port to another level. Yes. <laughs> if you want to move in the air, you have to fly by air. That is, you know, all those things. They read them in books. You see the way I'm forming them for you. That's what they inform them too. Right? They have no meaning. That's why somebody, I saw the joke on Twitter. I, 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 see, I still find it very funny. Till tomorrow. The guy said, <laughs> started my first business at the age of 22. By 26, I was a millionaire. By 30, I was a billionaire. What am I? One guy said, you are a motivational speaker. <laughs> are you going around deceiving us? He said, you're a motivational speaker. That's how they be writing lies for you. You're going to be buying clothes you can't afford. Yeah. I know one company in Lagos that time. They, they, they don't close. Close. Well. Let me tell you. Progress eh, is a gift of God. That's what I'm telling you. Success. All this machination and uh, arrangement, they don't work. This company, I need to work in there. They were starting, they, it was a big well, they were a broadcasting company in Lagos those days. They want to expand. They were owing staff for three months. Four months, that kind of regular O. Nine day day. Then one day they go buy brand new motor. Da, 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 da. Ah. Why did you buy brand new motor? It's image. PR. They went to banks. If you know how much banks were collecting those days as interest, they went to those banks, collected loans, and released some brand new cars. They now branded them. I have their name in my head. They are so gone. The memory, very memory of them is like being released. They went and released new cars. I asked the person who told me. I said, why? They said, it's image. Branding. So they need to be associated with successful, you know, picture of them, you know, like I said, so, so that people will now come and then people. I'm sure by the time banks came for their money, before they were owing staff. Now they were now owing staff and banks. And you know what happened? Nothing. They collapsed. So this they be writing for you books. Fat, fat lie. What did I call them? Fat, fat lie. They tell you that you should roll around where you meet important people. You are a child of God. You are not a game of chance. I hope you're getting my point. See, get the point. If the important person is in the airport, and you, you only have money for uh, peace park. 
bro, go to Peace Park and tell the important person to come and meet you in Peace Park. It's a spiritual tell. There's a story I tell all the time about one of my friends. The day he was going on the road in this city. I forgot which part of town he was in. Then the man called him. He didn't know the man from anywhere. The man just met on so-and-so person. He said, yes. Please, my name is so-and-so. He was like, are you, are you trying to job me? You know that kind of thing. Just call me now and say, hello, my name is um, Aleko Dangote. And I'm like, excuse me. You just hang the phone. <laughs> you know, if anybody calls you and tells you, like, what do you do? You hang the phone. Say, God punish you. They just hang the phone. <laughs> you want to hack my account, Abby? Because as, as you're talking on the phone, you're checking your dad, like, whether anything is entry because they don't, they, they don't they debit you. It's something like that. This person is not as rich as Aleko, but very prominent Nigerian. Ah, my friend said, hey, yes, I'm the one. That one okay, being a wise man, he said, oh, so-and-so person gave me your number. Okay, so he calmed down. Okay. He said, please, can I talk to you? Okay, I said, fine. Um, how? He said, oh, will you come to my house in the evening. Is that okay with you? Ah, the guy said, no problem, sir. He didn't know my friend was Nenugu. He was calling him from VI. At that VI, he was in Lagos. He didn't even know my guy was Nenugu. He said, can you come to my house? Ah, the guy said, no problem, sir. This guy, ran, he ran to the airport, parked his car in the airport. Look, any plane going to Lagos? I told somebody I'd come to his house. <laughs> Quickly bought a ticket, ran to... The man did not know he was talk, answering him from Enugu. To the man's house in the evening. Ah, hello, sir. Okay, oh, thank you. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much. Ah! The story behind it, a business they tried to do did not work out. Then this big man wanted to do that kind of business. So now as the head of one big bank in Nigeria, ah, I wish... Who can help me do this one? I said, okay, there's some guys the other day. Okay, we're supposed to do something. But it didn't work out. Ah, just look for people. Okay, call this guy. He can do it. I know. He can do it. The day they did one phase of the job, that's the, the day the man paid him. I was also paying him. He said, ah, sorry. I hope uh, he looked. He didn't have money. That's Naira. He said, is foreign currency acceptable with you guys? Ah, my friend, like, my name is foreign currency. What are you talking about? <laughs> my name is foreign currency now. Foreign currency is my friend. We live down the same neighborhood. When he paid him that time, ah, he called. I wasn't around. My wife was in there. I called my wife. Ah, the pastor never come back home. So send me a message. I beg, how do I send you money? I wanted to dash me some US dollars. I said, give to my wife. She put it in my dumb account. I was in the US. I said, ah, put it there. I go, I go get a lot for it. I said, no, don't worry. He wanted to give me some. He was so excited. He was driving his bunker old car on the street when somebody called him from somewhere. See, just be faithful in what you are doing. In fact, the reason why they called him was because the man said, look, I know those guys. Anything they do for you is the truth. That they won't cheat, you won't lie to you. Don't worry about it. Big men, that means the people who roll, at least when they, are, they want to pay you, ah, oh, sorry, I don't have money. Will you take, okay, just open his back, count $5,000, send me a hold on. That's when I told you, I kept my friend waiting. So he kept him waiting. He was supposed to go somewhere. We had to really attend to something. And the guy had to wait for him for about two hours for some time. So when he came back, to say, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I wasted your time. He dashed him 200,000 of like 10 years ago. No, not 10 years ago. No, that's like 14, 15 years ago. That's to say, no, no, you're not getting my point. He wasn't paying him for a job. He said, okay, we'll go to that place in the evening. That one said, okay, so where do we meet? So he said, okay, I'll, I'll come to your house maybe around five. Five o'clock, the man called him and said, please, I'll be on, on my way. I'll, I'll be back. I need to attend to something quickly. So the man didn't come back till like seven or eight. 
When the man came back, he was, oh God, ha. Ah. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I didn't, I'm so sorry. This thing took my time. I didn't know. The other people were waiting. So he said, he asked my guy, what do we think we should do? The guy said, I think we can just get like two, two or five thousand and they'll be okay. The man said, no, no, that's small, that's small. So he called those guys, maybe gave him like 20, 20,000. Ah, my guy, they look like, eh? People that I would have given 2K and they would have been happy. <laughs> so those ones left. When it was now my friend's turn, the guy just looked, ah, he said, no, now. To open back, 200,000. Just to say, I am sorry for wasting your time. Oh, guys, I have more time tomorrow to. <laughs> If you want, I come and waste the whole day. <laughs> the point I make with the whole story is that to me, the man, there was no, he didn't, he didn't fly together. He was just, he was just pursuing their normal business. Please, if it is to enter luxury bus to carry to Lagos, that's what you can be for. Please pay. Go. Don't go and be borrowing money. You don't have to fly flights you can't even identify. Please. That's what I'm just saying. All these strategies, they don't work. They don't. They don't too. For the child of God, what works? Faithfulness. Focus on the word. That's why I gave you the, the experiment. You've been hustling them. I said, listen, leave that thing. What work are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to be blessing? Focus on it and plant the word regularly for the next one year and watch the difference. Just watch the difference. The word will wake people up. Hey, you, 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 go and patronize that guy. And pay him well. Go and patronize him and pay him well. And you'll be wondering, how did you... I hope you know eh, that there are angels roaming the streets. And their job is to go and serve you. Are they not ministering spirits? Sent forth to minister to those who will be heirs of salvation. Yes. One of our brothers is not here right now. How did they come to Kingdom World Ministries? An angel... Say, you follow me. Yeah, I preached here and we were just talking about, I was talking, just like I'm talking, I'm talking about angelic visitation and all of that. That was when he came and told me at the end. Say, sir, I think an angel brought me here. He didn't know who I was. It's not as if he met Pastor Banky somewhere. Uh, no. Now, former venue just stood there. Something happened in his life. He was just downcast. He was dejected. He was sad. So he just came there and stood. And was just looking at cars pass. Say, so one man just came to him, tapped him and said, you follow me. Adult man, a stranger says, follow me, and you follow him. Now, influence. So the man just walked up, and he kept, you know, remember our staircase there was narrow? He kept on, he walked up the steps, didn't know where they were going, and he was following the guy like a fool. Then they got to the, of course, walked down the corridor, entered the hall, so we were preaching. So he entered, sat down. He said, okay. So he had me preach that day. At the end, the man was still around. At the end, the man went and bought a tape, one of our CDs, and gave to him. And left. He says, sir, since that day, I have never seen that individual. He didn't say, what is my name? Nothing. Didn't know. He just stopped. He said, you, follow me. And he followed him. Got there, bought him a CD, and left. And he said, I never saw him again. And he has been regular like air in Kingdom World. For years, been coming consistent. He said, I never saw him again. So the guy was preaching about angels. He said, I think that's how I got here. After his own story, one sister came and met me and said, let me tell you my own story. So when they went to the village, they finished something, it was now late. She was walking home all alone, young woman. Two guys were following her behind. She looked at them, <laughs> knew there was trouble. 
try to look, how do I get away from these boys? It was now dark. And suddenly a man showed up. And the man, you know, like, I can't remember how the encounter was. She said, okay, you know, she just saw the man say, let me follow this man. You understand? They will leave me alone, that kind of thing. So I running to catch the man. Said the man was walking leisurely, but she never could catch him. Miss someone was just walking like this. And you're running with all your heart to catch him. He said, it's as if he was walking, he, could, he couldn't understand. As if his feet wasn't touching the ground. She could see him clearly. And apparently, what the other guys were seeing, she doesn't know. But she was just following this man. But she tried, you know, tried to run so that she could catch him, maybe hold him or something. She never could. And the man walked in the direction of her house, got to her gate, stopped there. Then she got there, opened the gate, ran inside, closed the door, turned to tell him thank you. Bam, he was gone. Ah, if you story, I will tell you story, your ear goofu. So, one reason, don't think that it's only strategies that win in this life. Angels exist. They will tap customers, come, go and patronize that guy. See that lady over there? You'll be in one corner. Somebody will come and knock on your door. Hello, we hear you do this. And like, who told them? An angel went and told them. They will see, you know, some of these angels, they drink beer. So, <laughs> they will go to beer parlor. <laughs> Catch these boys. You'll be talking, ah, what do you want? Hey, this kind of job you want done. Why leave that thing? There's one lady I met the other day. Where? Describe the, ah, I think where she is. You describe where you are. Give, give them your number. Over two bottles. You think he's one of them. At the end of the day, I just collected you a whole line of customers. You say, ah, who introduced me, you, you, you to me? I said, I don't even know. One man I met, so I can't remember where I met him. You will never hear the full side of the story. The word of God is alive and what? Active. Active. things, arranges things, you know? As I said, look, sit down, take a year. So this one, like I was telling my children that day, it was this morning, I was talking to Daniel. The one where I did now, please. Parents, don't be in a hurry with children. Settle them down. Eh? Learn the word of God. And they finish secondary school. Hey, it's now time to go. What are you going to do in university? Go to Bible school. What is the hurry? Follow me around. Let's, let's exchange the word together. Where, is the, what, where are you running to? Those who finish school five years before you, when God wants to give you, you know what they call speed. You know that they used to call overtake. <laughs> when God wants to give you speed. You know that Hannah was born in Peking, Penina was born in Peking, born in Peking, born in Peking. Born in, before you touch Penina like this, you don't drop too. <laughs> Tell you. Uh, Kana will just be passing. He just passing. Oh, my wife, how now? You don't burn one. Just touch her. Nah, just touch her for shoulder. You don't burn one. Please, what's the name of, uh, uh, of uh, Penina's first son? John <laughs> You see, also, so all this, uh, don't compete with anybody. Leave that thing. Just competing with who? <laughs> and I drop one, bam, somewhere. That's the whole of Israel changed. One, it didn't, one, one, one like this. Just that, good idea. Just one. And I dropped. Israel was not the same again. Dropped a son that years later, even God was using that one to brag. Say, Jeremiah, you think you can pray? If you like, go and call Samuel. That is, one, <laughs> hey, not just one, and I drop, oh. Dropped his son that forever 
His name is ringing on the lips of Christians, everybody that fears God worldwide. So please, all this hurry, hurry that uh, my mate, which which mate, if you know enough of ordinary physics, you won't worry about this matter of time. No time is in God's hands. It's in his hand like this. And your own time is unique to you. Yeah, very, very unique. Very unique. He maps your own time. It's different for your neighbor's time. It's not, uh, look. So, what, what, why say all of these things? The, the place we are supposed to put energy. We often, the world tells us that it's not important. That priestly corner of life. People were telling me things like, uh, they, they, they are, you're busy, that's why you can't. You don't understand. The reason why you must make the time. The reason why you must make the time is just to prove that it's God you are depending upon. Tell your customer, sorry. Ah, what's the time? Five o'clock. I'm sorry. This meeting has to end. I, I have to go to church. Maybe I'm not even in town. I, I said, guys, look, we'll continue to. Everybody, log back in in two hours. I have to, uh, there's a live stream I'm joining. I'm sorry. Some customers won't like it. That's their problem. Did I come here to please them? Did I come here to please them? No, I didn't now. Huh? I beg, leave me. That's what I make it. He said, be strong and be very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. That is what we need courage for. I said to us, every king in Israel failed for one simple commandment that they disobeyed. One simple commandment was all they disobeyed. And that's how they failed. To the extent that they did not obey that one commandment. Look, you have to, in this life, eh, there are not too many commandments to obey. There are not too many. There are not too many commandments to obey. All the kings in Israel failed for one single commandment that he disobeyed. What was the commandment? Let's read it. God told them that this king that you are going to have, he has one instruction. Just one. What he is to do is to write a copy. Deuteronomy chapter 17 from verse 14. When you enter the land with the Lord your God gives you, and you possess it and live in it, and you say, I will set a king over me like all the nations who are around me. You say, you can go ahead in verse 15. You shall surely set a king over you whom the Lord your God chooses, one from among your countrymen you shall set as king over yourselves, not a foreigner. In verse 16 it says, Moreover, he shall not multiply horses for himself, nor shall he cause the people to return to Egypt because of money. You notice that? Many people are going to strange places because of horses. You know that's why people go to Egypt. Now, a horse that they find. You know what I said? That's why they go to Egypt. Because they want to multiply horses. That's why people go to Egypt a lot. It's so they, can, they may multiply horses. He said, you shall surely say the king over you. He will not cause the people to return to Egypt to multiply horses. Just by the way, let me digress again. Within my digression, would have been in for a while. I'll get back to my message. I've not forgotten what I'm not a preacher. If you think I'm missing, I'm not lost. Any time a child of God goes to Egypt, asking, what are you looking for? They're always looking for something. Egypt, the attraction to Egypt is always, I want to multiply something. Yes. And it's never multiplied the will of God. I want to multiply horses. And tell people, that's the instruction for Christians. Anything you're looking for, find it in the Lord. You don't need to go to Egypt. Let me just stop that one there. He said, they shall not cause the people to return to Egypt to multiply horses. Since the Lord has said to you, you shall never again return that way. He shall not multiply wives for himself. 
how Solomon did not notice this is what I don't understand. Anyway, we know the reason why he didn't notice it. Even David said. And please, can I just really say something to you? Anything God says in the scriptures, try and obey it. If you can't, don't forget it. Hold it and pray about it and contemplate it all the time. The word of God is not meant to be obeyed. It's meant to be believed. Never forget what I said. What did I say? Obedience is a sign of faith. Obedience is a sign that you have believed the word. And faith comes into you by hearing. So if you pay attention to that word long enough, you will believe it and you will find obedience come out of you naturally. So if anything appears difficult for you to obey in the word of God, don't worry about it. Just focus on it. Don't dismiss it. Just make it come around you again and again. Make it a song. Get a song that has that in itself. Just don't let it go away. Now, where I'm going is that sometimes we see some things in scriptures. They appear trivial. But like Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, the little fox is the end of doing what? Spoiling the vine. Why am I saying so? David said, I love thy law. That's what he said. I love thy law. He kept on saying it, yet he was multiplying wise for himself. Why? Because he thought it was not important. Ten commandments were important. Thou shalt have no other God besides me or before me. David, he wouldn't tolerate idolatry in Israel. That should not take the name of the Lord. Of course, the first three commandments will buy idolatry. So let me not repeat them. The first three will buy idolatry. Thou shall not kill, thou shall not steal, thou shall not commit adultery. Even though he did one or two of them along the line, but he knew they were wrong and he quickly repented. He never repented of multiplying wives. He didn't take it seriously. He never did. He didn't think it was a serious thing. Listen, small, small things still take them serious. I hope you're getting my point. You see, if you know some things just look like, ah, is this one like that? Read it. Sometimes we not find out that we, we, that scriptures people have tried to obey, we find out that they misunderstood them. But don't just dismiss it. When you get insight, you now know exactly what God wants you to do. But don't ever take scripture, just make it like it's not important. No, like a very good example, when the Bible says rejoice at all times, take it seriously. It may not look like others cannot, if you don't rejoice now, God will kill you. It's not like that. But rejoice always is an instruction. Don't worry about anything, please don't. Please don't. He says don't worry about anything. It means don't worry about anything. I hope you're getting what I'm saying. It's very crucial. Alright? Because sometimes when we don't take some of these things seriously, what ends up happening is that they put, and you must understand, everything is a seed. They put the wrong seed. The problem with seed is what? They multiply. They germinate, bear fruit, and the fruit has what? Seed in itself. Before you know what's happening, the whole place is full of the effect of one little seed. That's what happened to David. Exactly what now progressed in the life of Solomon until he took the kingdom from that house. Do you get what I'm saying? Let's not forget that. So he said concerning this king, he shall not multiply wives or else his heart will turn away. Nor shall he greatly increase silver and gold for himself. Now this is the main commandment. Verse 18. Now it shall come about when he sits on the throne of his kingdom. He shall write for himself a copy of this law on a scroll in the presence of the Levitical priests. So that he doesn't miscopy anything. He says, it shall be with him. And he shall read it all the days. He says, it shall be with him and he shall read it all the days of his life. 
that he may learn to fear the Lord his God by carefully observing all the words of this law and these statutes, that his heart may not be lifted up above his countrymen, and that he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right or to the left, so that he and his sons may continue long in his kingdom in the midst of Israel. That was one simple instruction every single king in Israel failed. Can you believe that the time came in Israel, nobody had a copy of the law? Did, did, did you believe it was possible? No, no. no. Did, did, would not have thought it was possible. Some of you believe that, no, Pastor, it didn't happen. It happened. Nobody had a copy. The priests didn't have any copy. All of you are looking at me strange. Like, Pastor, did it really happen? Elder John is not sure. Elder John, you, you, you believe? Yes. It really happened. How do I know? They, disco- they were renovating the temple. They now discovered one copy. When they read it, the king tore his clothes. They had so strayed away from the instructions of God. Nobody was reading it. They found one copy. <laughs> the king had never seen a copy of the book. The priests didn't have copies. Are you wondering, what were they doing? They had found customs over the years. They were following their customs. They did not have a copy of the instruction of God. They didn't have any copy of God's word in their lives. So you wonder why they were having problems. All the kings in Israel failed for one reason. They did not obey this simple scripture. You want to know why Christians are failing today? The same thing. You want to know why Christians are failing, failing today? The same reason. The same reason. That's why, see. It's as if you are attacking some things like Christians. That's why, see, well, you know, Christians don't even know how to pray. When they pray for this prayer, chapa, 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 they start speaking in tongues. Why? They don't have any other thing to say. They not lie that the Spirit is praying for them. The Spirit is wondering what's wrong with you. Like I said, if the Spirit fills you, nothing it gives you, understanding. You will know the will. That's why you didn't see anywhere in scriptures when they wanted to pray. They started opening their tongues. Like, no. Once they gathered to pray, the Bible gave us the words that they used. I'm talking about New Testament. When Jesus prayed for the church, he gave us the words. When Peter prayed when they were in crisis, he gave us the words. When Paul prayed for the church, he gave us the words he used to pray. Why? Because you see, in the, for the will of God is not just something you offer to God. It's something you live your life by. So to you, there must be intelligence to it. Sometimes it amazes me what Christians don't know. Ah, ah. Please, oh, all of you that are listening to me, I beg in the name of the Lord, make sure you are teaching somebody. Because the ignorance they are... See... How many of you are on social media? Please put up your hand. Make sure you are, you are above a certain age. If you are GS1, don't put up your hand. <laughs> put down your hands, please. If you are typing things on social media, please. Be sharing. Now, I don't mean money devotion. I hope you are getting my point. Because sometimes people just look for what to give to God in the morning so that the day go good. That's not what I mean. I mean, quote scriptures and instruct people on how to relate with the government. Quote scriptures and instruct people on how to do business according to the word of God. Quote scriptures on what God has said concerning their lives. Because all your friends who are going are afraid of witches. Tell them what God has said. Quote scriptures on how to behave. On what the will of... Explain to people what is right and what is wrong to do. Paul said, the aim of our instruction is love from what? A pure heart. Where are my people? Olubenga. A good conscience and what? Sincere faith. 
teach anything. You just make sure you are teaching people those three things. Because you know what's happening? A lot of people in the church today, a lot of us believers today, are failing because we don't know those simple things from Scripture. The simple reason why the kings in Israel failed is why many of us are failing today. I was talking about courage. The courage is to be able to obey what scriptures say to you. That's what they call, that is, <laughs> courage, that is your father will look at you. Your mother will look, all of them will say, and it will be so clear that what they are saying is in opposition to what scripture is saying. Like I said, that's why we spend our energy. We spend our energy on how to obey. Many people are spending their energy on how to win victories. The Bible never said we should spend our energy on how to win victories. We are to spend our energy on how to obey. I hope you get my point. That is, you find an injunction on scripture, one word from scripture. And it's like everybody, every circumstance around says disobey that. So you go to God and pray until you know how to obey it. Even Listen, I feel like saying this. Even if you find yourself not obeying it, don't throw it away. Continue, no, no. This thing can be obeyed. This thing can be obeyed. For example, if Jesus says, don't lay up treasure on the earth, you ask yourself, what does it mean? Don't rationalize it. Uh, you know, those days, treasure used to be laid on the earth. These days, we don't lay it on the air, we lay it on the cloud, you know? It's, it's now Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, so, you know, this is modern day. Like some people say that. <laughs> we get to all these LGBT people. They say that if it's today, that Paul was culturally conditioned when he wrote Romans chapter 1. If it's today, he will not write that men lost after men is wrong. Yeah, they say it. In case you are in that kind of situation, either you are in those countries that are legalizing nonsense, or you are in Nigeria, you are hiding behind to, like, to practice rubbish. You can see what the outcome in the scriptures. Anyway, how do you overcome such things? Just continue to read the scriptures and say, no, this thing must be correct. I'm just the one that does not understand how to obey it. So you struggle, you put energy into making sure your life conforms with that which is written, even if it appears trivial, even if it's not one of the Ten Commandments, which is what happened to David. David wouldn't, he didn't think he could break any of the Ten Commandments, but this simple one, he thought the, these ones are not very important. Unfortunately, that was what ended it for him and his lineage over the whole of Israel. All right, the Lord is good. So what have I said in everything I've said today? To let us understand that the courage, the energy, the strength is not in pursuing success outwardly, but in making sure that no matter what we are involved in, those things are done according to the commandments of God. So he says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Now let me get back to that. So what did he say? Be strong and be courageous. Again, what is grace? Grace is that God gives me little instructions to obey. And it does great works in my life as a result of my obedience to little instructions. So if the kings in Israel will read the book, the power to obey will have come into their lives. So remember, we're talking about what? Aids to prayer. Now let me get back there. Now I'll say some things for a few minutes then. We'll pick it up from here next time. When we say aids to prayer, what do we mean? We mean that there are certain spiritual activities we get involved in, which strictly speaking may not constitute prayer in themselves, but they are part of the weapons for effective spiritual work in this life. So, number one is prayer. 
men ought always to pray. When we are praying, we must be talking to God. We are not talking to ourselves. We're not just saying things. Even though those things may work, they in themselves do not constitute prayer. But then they are important. So we said one last time we talked about what? Agreement. We've talked about agreement again and again. And then I said next, we'll talk, we'll now begin to talk about prophesying, prophecy, prophecy. So let's read some other scriptures. This one just, we'll go stuck on Joshua chapter 1. I hope you are blessed by it anyway. Joshua chapter 1, we'll go stuck there. So it said here, the primary, that I was talking about grace, grace is the first place you show courage is taking the time out to meditate on the word. He said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. As a result, you will be careful to do what is written therein. Like I said, the word of God is to be believed. If you believe the word, it will act in you. And the literal Hebrew says, if you shall diligently hearken. In English says, but in English, in Hebrew it says, if you shall listen attentively to the word. That's what it says. So what God says, just pay close attention to what I'm saying. If you pay close attention, the word will enter you and obedience will be the result. That's what I mean when I say the word is to be believed, not obeyed. I am not saying, like some people seem to uh, understand it like that, it will be wrong. That I'm saying that you are justified, you will have pleased God if you obeyed, if you believe the word and did not obey. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you don't, the effort is not in trying to obey. But if you truly you have believed, obedience is a sign. Do you get my point? Yes, it's the outward manifestation of a conviction in the heart concerning the truth of the word of God. Alright, so if you are not doing it outwardly, then that conviction is not there yet. So will you pay attention until you find that word coming out in your life naturally? That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you are okay disobeying God. I'm just talking about where you put your effort. And a sign that you are believing that word is what we're talking about. And a one way by which you amplify the faith is the same thing, which is what? Meditating on that word. Say so the word shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. We'll read some more quickly. I want to read that portion. That's why I'm just passing all those comments. Psalm chapter 1. Let's read this again. Something we all know. He said, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his law is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He said, That man will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields his fruit in his season. And his leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers. Now remember that meditation is what he's talking about again. Now success is a result of having meditated, and we know that when you meditate, obedience comes out. Alright? So let's read the last one, which we read last time, which is where? Ezekiel chapter 37. For time's sake, and because we read the last time, we'll just rush through this again. I'll jump a few lines and verses as I'm reading this. He said, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley, full of bones, he says. In answer to him, verse 3, Son of man, can these bones live? I answered, O oh Lord, you know. Again, he said, This is what you have to do. Prophesy over these bones and say to them, That's verse 4 now. O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, that you may come to life. I will put sinews on you, make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin and put breath in you, that you may come alive, and you will know that I am the Lord. Please notice verse 7. What's this in verse 7? Read it out loud for me again. 
One more time. Now listen to this. That is one area where we may miss it often as believers. Not prophesying as commanded. So two things I'm emphasizing again for us today. To remind us about this prophesying thing which we talked about the last time. And then if um, I can, I will emphasize the issue of meditation uh, in the word of God again. Just remind us, we have a duty to do what? Prophesy. I said this thing come, these things come in stages. First stage is what? Prayer. Prayer. After prayer has been said, once we pray according to his will, what, what happens? He hears us. Once we pray according to his will, he hears us. And if John said to us, if we know that he hears us, then we are sure that that which we asked him for, he has granted it. Now, we read that from 1 John chapter 5. Now, we t- in previous time, we talked about praying from within the word. And that when you do that, it is praying according to the will. It is not, see, let me remind us again. Praying according to God's will, that's, oh God, how many times will I say this thing? Let me keep on saying it. You can't go to God and ask for what he did not promise. You hear what I said? You can't go to the Lord to be asking for what he didn't promise. Which is why, even though people say be specific, I don't say that. Why I keep on telling people you can't be specific is that. How are you specific about what you don't understand? I hope you're getting my point. And the practical example I give all the time is simple. If you went to God now and say, Lord, Lord, I need a car. And God says, okay, which kind of car do you need? And you tell him that, just let's, let's pray like we have a lot of money. So let's talk about brown car. Let's not get stuck in our head. Our children will think only used cars, what they use in this life. No, people are going to use brand new cars, okay? <laughs> so we're going to say, God, Lord, I, I want it. Which are we in? Okay, so I want the 2023 model. Let's take a nice car. BMW, all right? Five series. Because it's, okay, fine, 2023. And then you're good on the street one day, and then somebody gives you a bargain on the same size, mid-size, maybe you wanted a 525 BMW. And God gives you maybe an Audi. Uh, I'm looking for, I don't know the name of Audi's way. Okay, let's leave VM, Mrs. Best, alright? Make it easy. That gives you a brand new E320, Mrs. Best, a 350, 2023 model. The question, has he answered your prayer? He hasn't. Now, now don't say yes because you don't know. So, okay, they are very stupid. You never can tell. Maybe you say if it's not BM, it's not of God. You never can tell. But for the average person, <laughs> so that the only thing won't change his mind. <laughs> Now, that's what I mean. So people say, be very, I said, no, don't be specific more than you can be. Yeah. I hope you're getting my point. If you're asking God for a wife, don't tell him where to, she should come from. Are you high on something? Huh? Just, just leave that matter. Okay? That's what, that's what I'm going to say. When you say, you have to be specific. Listen. They tell us that you tell God the height a woman should be. If you go and tell God you want a woman who's five, five feet, let's say five inches. It now brings you one that was five, six. So this is not the correct one. Are you together? Of course not. Some people even tell you when she stands on the scale, she must be weighing 65 kg. Look, they should send you to a prison. To any sister you meet, you just simply stand on this scale. I want to see what's going on in your life. <laughs> no, they told us things like that. They are not correct. They are not right. Those things are not in scripture, so you can't pray with them. I hope you're getting my point. Uh-huh. That's why I tell people. Don't get into this. You must be specific. Let God be sure what you know. You, you are not sure. How can you? I'm sure until I'm very sure I can't ask God for something. So go and make up your mind first. No. There are things that you can be sure concerning. I hope you're getting my point. That I have a need, you can be sure of that. I hope you're getting my point. That God can supply it, you can be sure of that. 
For example, if your house is smaller, you want a bigger one. Are you not sure of that? Uh, you're not sure? But you cannot tell God you must be independent layout because if he gives you one in GRA, what are you going to do? What if, what, if, what if another part of town that is so fine that, you know, there's this neighborhood where power does not blink? You understand? No noise. They don't even use generators there unless it's silenced. Except that it's neither in the independence layout nor in GRA. It's only part of town that, you see, from here to the express road, not, you didn't know about it before. So please stop all this. I know some people are preaching. They say, no, I've done it before. It's worked. It won't work from today because you've heard me. I despoiled, but. <laughs> no, let me just give you a scripture again, which you know already, but to help us settle it. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly, far above what you can ask or what? Imagine. Imagine. Thank you. So many of the things God will do for you have not imagined them yet. And then you are going to prayer, you will not even have imagined it. Are you getting my point? So what are we saying that we are sure as headers concerning is prayer points that come out of the word. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's a clear-cut one. So any want in my life, any need, any lack is covered by that particular one. So if I have any perceived, can I quickly add this one for you? Stop telling God how to solve your problem. Just tell him the problem. Did you hear what I said? No, I'm not sure you heard me well. What did I say? Just tell him the problem. Stop telling him how to solve it. So I'm praying to God, I want a husband as an example. God said, I know that's not what your problem is. Because you think a husband is a bodyguard. Yeah, really. You know what happened to Israel? When they got it wrong with Saul, with the king in Israel. You know what happened to them? One guy was disturbing them. His name was um, Nahash, the king of the Ammonites. Instead of them to come and say, God, we have a problem with Nahash, the king of the Ammonites. They came and said, God, we need a king. God said, look, we should have just come and said, this is my problem. Nahash, the king of the Ammonites. They came and said, no, God, we want a king. They brought their solution to their problem. In case you do not know, that's how, you know, Israel as a, as a nation had only one and a half good kings. David saw, was it good or bad? Good or bad? Are you afraid to call Saul bad? Was it good or bad? David, was it good or good? <laughs> was it good or bad? David was good. David was good. So the one, that's the half. So it was good for a while, and then it was bad later. Then the kingdom broke into two as soon as he died. And the Israel, the bigger kingdom, never had one good king again, ever. Never. The small one, Judah, Managed to have, they were Josiah will be born, will be okay, then, uh, what about the other good guy? Before his guy, Asa will be good for some time, the 36 year of his reign, something will become loose in the head. That's okay, then his guy will come, very good, then how give birth to an evil spirit called Manasseh, I'm telling you. Manasseh was a bad guy, he's believed that he wants to killed Isaiah. He said he threw him into the hollow of a tree, and cut the tree in two. He did more evil than his father did good. People were wishing that, instead of saying, God, give me 15 more years, that, that 15 extra years, if for just people die, maybe we will not have produced Manasseh. So that kingship idea in Israel did not work. It didn't work for them. Especially for the nation that called itself Israel. It didn't work. David was the only one they experienced. After that, bam, everything was bad. If you just cancel the more as half, what's going to make it? Stop trying to give God your own solution. That's what I'm just saying. 
your solution does not work. When you go to God, pray about what? The problem. Let's get practical. Say, Lord, though, my house rent is due in three weeks and I don't have money to pay. Solve it for me in Jesus' name. Amen. It's natural thing to say, Lord, send money. Sometimes he doesn't want to send money. He wants to kick you out of that house to another one. Yes. He does that. So I'm not saying what, there are many things I can give you, 10 things that he may want to do. Tell him what the problem is. I hope you're getting my point. Many times people have gone to fashion solutions and tell God, you must give me this solution. Meanwhile, that is not the issue. There are other solutions that will work. I mean, well, that's what God is planning. God said, this ministry must grow. God said, what do you call growth? And we're only 25 members. Maybe when we're like 500. And God said, okay, let me show you what I did to a friend of yours. His church, they used to be 25. They are still, they are still 30 after 10 years. But this guy has written three books of which each one has been studied and life built upon it a hundred thousand times. What do you think? And I didn't get his church to be 500 because I didn't want to be doing naming ceremony, wedding ceremonies, counseling, women, and all of that. I wanted him to focus and download in this area. By the way, he's going to hand that church over in the next one year. Then he will be able to be moving around to do what I really wanted him to do. He's not in this life. You see, oh God, I'm talking plenty. I read something today. It pained me. I can't tell you. I said, this is what we keep on saying to people. That don't stop. If you want to go abroad, stop going abroad to look for money. Are you crazy? If it's money you need, what do you do if you need money? Somebody tell me. You get on your knees and pray. And ask God. That's one. Then when that's said, God, now what should I be doing now? How can I bless people? What am I supposed to be learning? So if I don't get a visa now, you will get a visa into trouble. I'm telling you the truth. I've left the main thing, eh? <laughs> Not emphasize how to pray from the wheel. Now, when we are praying from inside the wheel, there are scriptures already that have been given to us. That even though you don't hear a voice in your ears, it's not necessary. Even though you don't hear the voice, you have words to prophesy. I hope you get my point. There are things that have been written clearly. Like I said last time, the easiest thing to use is what? Just take the scriptures, the scriptures and recite them. There are two things. Let me quickly say this. When you meditate on the word, you are sowing the word into your life, your heart, your own system. When you prophesy, you are sowing the word into situations. Did you hear what I say? What did I say? When you meditate, you are meditating. Yes. So if I wake up in the morning and I say something like this, that is my shepherd, I shall not. Well, that's meditation. We do that a lot in my house. Okay, everybody, meditate on some. 23. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Makes me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Leaves me the path of righteousness for his name's sake. You know, you keep on repeating again and again. You are saying the word into your life. When you sow the word into your life, you know what he does? I'll tell you. He gives you more faith. He give, brings to you persuasion, full persuasion. Power to obey. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate day, day and night. You'll be able to observe to do. Uh-huh. Ability to do comes into you. Ability to do keeps coming. The more you meditate, the more you have the ability to do. But then, let's assume I go to pray about my need. And when I finish, Father, I thank you because you have heard me in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So somebody say, how about that need? Say, the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. That's not for me. That is for the situation. The world becomes, answer me, the world becomes 
and dwells amongst them. What will happen is that word that is alive and active will get up, go out, and solve the problem. The way by which you shut down voices of accusation, the way by which you shut down spiritual, in fact, I feel like I want to do a series of teaching. Benga, you will be the one to remind me, write it down. I say I want to talk about overcoming territorial spirits. So I'm with the pastor, that's not your title. It's my title. The thing entered me today. I'm going to do a teaching series on overcoming territorial spirits. Ha! I want to prophesy. <laughs> I want to do a series on overcoming territorial spirits. I'm serious. I'm not joking. If I forget, have you written it down? Your job now is to remind me. Overcoming territorial spirits. What am I saying? When you begin to issue forth the word of God like that, you know what you are doing? You are overcoming territorial spirits. <laughs> All the territorial spirits that say your needs will not be supplied, you knock them back. I hope you're getting my point. All the bones that want to stay dry, you will wake up by force. See, once you have prayed about something, the job you have next is to continually prophesy and distribute the force of the word over that situation. If you have prayed about healing, let me say this to you, the Lord heard you the first time. But I'm not feeling well yet, it doesn't matter. You prophesy. Two things you prophesy, the promises of God, they've been activated by your prayer. So you prophesy the promises. Number two, you lift up the name of the Lord. We talked about it last time. I don't want to go over it again. Alright? Please, don't pull down, you know, last time I won't go over that message again, because I just wanted to summarize it a bit, but then because of time, alright, we'll not come back to the issue of meditation again, if God allows us next time. Don't pull your hands back until victory has been fully manifested. Can I say something to you? Don't go and say, Lord, did you hear me last time? He heard you. If you pray from within the word, healing is his word, is his promise. Amen? So you look at the situation, not like God, though. You know I'm still suffering. No. You look at the situation and say, dry bones hear the word of the Lord. Himself took my infirmities and my diseases. By his stripes, I have been healed. Listen, you will say that until you get fully well. I don't want to say the other one. Let's just leave that one like that. You will say it, that is, you will never stop saying it. If any time, you know, doubt cries in your heart, pain intensifies, you will look at the pain again and say it. Himself took my infirmities and my diseases, and by his stripes I have been healed. I hope you're getting my point. Then you prophesy words derived from the word of God. Like health is my portion. Healing is working in me. The power of God is working in me. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in me right now and is giving life to my mortal body. I want to do a clinic. Yeah, there's a clinic I need to do. I don't know where I'm going to do it. Gather people or just record it in my... I'm going to do that. Anybody that, once you, once you start, you know, when you say when you are reaching a particular age, start going for a checkup. I want to do checkup for everybody. So if you want, you just sign a regime. Like put you in charge. To be registering people who want to come for a clinic. I don't know, shall less than, at the end of the day. We just, Pastor Bank, what do you want to do when you get there? It's simple. I will sit down, carry all the scriptures that God gave to us concerning giving life to our mortal bodies. Then all the warnings he gave us, that on things that bring afflictions to our bodies. Then the ones he gave us on how to come out of such afflictions. Just put everything together and just discuss them. Sow it into our hearts. 
pray with them, then prophesy them. That's all. You know, the same effort we put into checkup. Oh, when doctor won't check person, you know, fear even they catch me for people. Say, come for your eye. Ah! It's big money. If you want to, looking for how to collect people's money, just go and set up one good diagnostic setup. At the particular, just write, how old are you? It tell you, just tell all the things they need to do. Check from their head to their toes. You leave them with them inside a scan that will check their whole body as if they are white men. People will spend money. And then that thing make them come a number of times. You build them very well. You know what happened? Those who want to die will still die. <laughs> tell me the truth. I don't want to start this project. I'll start telling you stories. I said, thank God they found that in Elio. God said, that one you found Eli. Listen to me. Listen, this is not a joke. So that one you found Eli. So he was treated, so he did not die. He was not planning to kill you. The one that was planning to kill you, you find him, you not find him. He will still mud you. I know what I'm telling you. You have to give all our money to it and our time. We need to come out, take our money, take our time and come for a spiritual clinic. I think we should do one every year. I'm telling you, I'll even have a school of, according to Corey Blake, divine healing technicians that will be helping People will just go there. Nothing. Just, you will teach your word for one week. People will come to hear it twice a day. At the end of the week, you pour all on everybody that came. Say, go, go and get well. I'm going to infect your neighbor with well, wellness. There are people who will come, they will go back home, their neighbor will get healed. <laughs> They will finally shake the hand of their neighbor. The neighbor was there ever since he shook my hand. That arthritis went away. And now go to the house of the wicked man on the other street. <laughs> that the arthritis, the other one will get worse. You know, sometimes I'm going to heal somebody. Somebody is suffering some more because of wickedness. The other one said, see, you two of you got well. I've been feeling very sick. Say, it's your wickedness. Follow us to the church. <laughs> That's how to preach sometimes. Tell people the truth. Only Jesus can save. Hey, add again to that. So I'm carried by the Spirit. Hallelujah. What I'm trying to say is that you will never pull that hand back, but you will prophesy the truth. I hope you're getting my point. Hey, I like that one. Let's read it and then I close it in Psalm 92. When you prophesy, you are sowing the word into your heart. What does it produce? It produces confidence. It produces increased knowledge. It produces boldness of faith, fullness of knowledge, and of course, it produces what? Obedience. Don't forget that. From verse 5. How great are your works, O Lord? Your thoughts are very deep. A senseless man has no knowledge. Nor does a stupid man understand this. That when the wicked sprouted up like grass, and all who did iniquity flourished, it was only that they might be destroyed forevermore. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies will perish. All who do iniquity will be scattered. But you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. My eye has looked exultantly upon my foes, upon my troubles, upon my sicknesses, upon my afflictions. I hope I get my point. My ears hear of the evildoers who rise up against me. Now listen to verse 12. Everybody read out loud. The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. 13. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the course of our God. 14. 
they will still yield fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap and very green. 15. To declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Listen, I want to leave this for anybody who has any disease of old age. You hear what I said? This is your medicine. What did I say? This is the medicine. What did I say? This is the medicine. This is the medicine. Read this one three times a day. Morning, afternoon, and night. Bow down your heads. I want to prophesy. Seriously. Arthritis will die. Weak eyes will become strong. Stroke will be healed. Weak bones will recover strength. In the name of Jesus Christ. I say to somebody whose bones, body is weak right now. Thus says the Lord. The righteous will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. You will yield fruit in old age. I'm saying to somebody. You will yield your fruit in old age. You shall be full of sap and very green. To declare that the Lord is upright. And that he is indeed your rock. And our rock. And there is no unrighteousness in him. Listen, don't pull back your hand until you have won the full victory. Listen, your eyes will be clear again. Say amen to that. Whether it's cataract or weak eyes or weak lens or whatever it is, in the name of Jesus, receive that strength to the eyes back in the name of Jesus. Uh I want to pray against dementia. (laughs) That spirit of dementia. Now, I take authority by the word of God and I prophesy against you from the mind and brains of these children of God listening to me. Depart in the name of Jesus. We have received authority. Because the Father has heard us. And that authority, which is the name of Jesus, is what we are using. We say, as it is written, sap, return to that brain in Jesus' name. The life of God flowing through that plant, return to that mind in the name of Jesus. Now, somebody listening to me, you'll begin to remember things that happened 40 years ago, as if they happened yesterday. No, I feel like, look, somebody's going to have this testimony, eh? That after I people will say, you remember things as if you are just a young man. As if you are just a young woman. You will narrate stories of things that happened 35 years ago. And listen, and you have some, you have crossed the age of 70. Now, most dramatically, for the last few years, you have begun to forget. But everything you have forgotten, receive those memories back in Jesus' name. There's only one thing God will not let you remember. All the evil that bring fear to your heart. All the sins that God has forgiven you of. We're not bringing those ones back. We're bringing good memories. We're bringing memories of the things that glorify God. But most importantly, you are recovering the vitality of your youth. Until God gives you a resurrection body, this body will serve you well. I say that to somebody. Until the Lord issues for you the resurrection body, the Spirit of God will serve you well. Amen. The Spirit of God will make this body serve you well. Amen. The Spirit of God will enter into you and give life to this mortal body. Amen. Cancer, I command you, die in Jesus' name. Amen. From the root, be gone in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Heart disease. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> now, arrhythmias, 
irregular heartbeats, whatever be your name, weakness of heart, now you can't climb, or weak lungs, today we come. Not in our own name, but in the name of the Lord. Not in our own power, but in the power of the Almighty God. We come with the resurrection power. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in the heart of everyone that has believed in him and is giving life to their mortal bodies. Amen. Over such ones, therefore, I declare, heart receives strength. Amen. Lungs be fresh again. Amen. Even for the one that smoked for years, you have been forgiven. Amen. For the affliction you use your hand to put on this body, receive forgiveness. Amen. Now receive life in Jesus' name. Amen. Receive life in the name of Jesus. Amen. I command that infirmity to disappear. Amen. Somebody who's hearing this, <laughs> tomorrow you are going to take a long walk. You'll even break into runs. And people don't know why you are laughing. It's because you are taking air and you are feeling so strong. This is spirit. Now, it's not just an anointing for the day. It's healing for the rest of your life. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Give a lot of thanks this evening because it's been so good. Give him thanks. Say, Lord, we thank you. Say, Lord, we thank you. Say, Lord, we thank you. Say, Lord, we thank you.